Get Stuff Done Cast Cast. I'm Dave. This is a podcast about Eric Adams, the current mayor of New York, and I feel like I should say a few throat-clearing things here about who I am, who Eric Adams is, why I'm making this podcast. Eric Adams and I are both New Yorkers, and that's about the extent to which we have anything in common. Adams was born in 1960 in Brooklyn. He's lived in NYC his whole life, maybe. We'll probably talk more about his Jersey residents at some point. He's been a cop, a Republican, a New York State Senator, Brooklyn Borough President, and now the mayor. He was elected as a Democrat. He's a black man, a vegan, except when he's not, and a father. He's a non-denominational Christian. He loves going out at night. I was born in 1978 in Detroit. I grew up just outside of Boston and have lived in Queens since 2003. I'm a dog walker and comedian. I do weird shows like this one. I'm somewhat to the left of leftist. I'm a strict vegetarian. I've lived in rentals the entire time I've lived here. I'm culturally Jewish. I read as white and male. I don't really know how else to say that. The whiteness of American Jews is a pretty fraught subject and, you know, could probably be the subject of its own podcast. Gender is the subject of several podcasts. I personally recommend Tuck Woodstock's Gender Reveal, which is great. I'll, I'll link it in the show notes. To be totally honest here, I don't identify strongly with any particular gender. But of course, the fact that society sees me as a white male is going to come with extraordinary privileges. Eric Adams and I are not the same. I bring certain things to the table here, and some of them involve blind spots I'm sure I I am not aware I have. Feedback is always welcome. So, why is this called the Get Stuff Done Cast Cast? It's called the Get Stuff Done Cast Cast because it's going to examine Adams's mayoralty through the lens of his podcast, the Get Stuff Done Cast. The mayor of New York has a podcast. It's called the Get Stuff Done Cast, and no one is listening to it. Now, the mayor's been interviewed for other podcasts, podcasts about politics or the news or being a vegan, which I personally think you should only claim to be if you aren't regularly photographed eating meat. But that's neither here nor there. This is not a podcast about the mayor's podcast appearances. It's a podcast about his podcast, which, again, no no one's listening to. There's been an analysis. Very few people have downloaded it. Almost no subscribers. Why? Podcasts are huge. NYC is the center of the world. The mayor's a fascinating, infuriating lunatic. Why wouldn't people listen to this thing? Why wouldn't there be a podcast distribution company making sure they're aware of it? Why is no one aware it's being made at all? I'm going to try to answer that question with something more interesting than it is a bad podcast, though unfortunately that is partially to blame. But I'm going to listen because someone should. And I'm going to report back so it doesn't have to be you. The mayor's podcast unintentionally reveals certain things about his leadership, his administration, and his values. I think it can give us insight into why he's failing, which I believe he is. Podcasts come out sequentially in time, so each episode rests in the period it was made. And both through what is discussed and what's omitted 
can serve as a history of his administration. Well, that's all fun, but also the mayors may be going to jail. Um, yeah, uh, so uh, I've had this idea for a while. I started working on it uh, a couple months back when a podcast called FAQ NYC, and if you're an N NYC politics person, you should be listening to it. I'll link in the, in the show notes. When FAQ NYC talked about the mayor's podcast and the fact that no one was listening to it, you know, that, se that seemed funny and somehow important. So I started listening to the mayor's podcast and was instantly hooked by how bad and weird it is. I took my time, though. The mayor, you know, he says he's going to do a lot of things and follow through is not always his strong suit. So I wanted to be sure he was going to stick with it. Fast forward to the end of October and episodes were still coming out. So I, you know, I figured I'd start recording. And right as I did so, the mayor traveled to Washington, D.C. for high-level meetings about an issue he insists is the most important one facing the city, which is, as he puts it, the migrant crisis. Now, I don't believe it's ever a crisis to be asked to help people, particularly if you're well-positioned to do so, which NYC clearly is. Additionally, just as a numbers thing, there aren't an overwhelming number of refugees coming to New York. In October, the Times estimated that in about the last year and a half, roughly 130,000 people have arrived. That's like 1.5 percentage points of the entire population of New York City. It just doesn't seem like that much. In the first year Ellis Island was operating, it saw a million entries. It's not like arrivals here haven't already had contact with the government in some fashion. Many have entered through some contact point. Many are stopping through before heading someplace else, someplace they have family or Canada or something like that. Some stay, and they should become New Yorkers. That's sort of New York's thing. You know, I recognize that they're a high-need population, but we're where, like, literally all the money in the world is traded back and forth. I think we can check the cushions and come up with a pretty significant amount of resources to help them. All of that's to say, I see this one way, and the mayor sees it very stridently another way. He's used language like, quote, this will destroy New York City and screamed at every open microphone that he could find that the federal government needs to give him more money to deal with all this. So those meetings with the feds that he was going to have in D.C. were clearly very important to him. Which is, which is why it was so odd that he was like hanging out at the breakfast buffet two hours into his arrival, getting ready to start meeting with folks, chatting with someone, and when that person t t turned to, like, put syrup on their waffle and then turned back to say something, a dust cloud in the shape of Eric Adams and a spinning bowl of oatmeal was all that was left of the mayor. The dust cleared, staff cleaned up the porcelain shards and got a steam cleaner for the rug, but the question remained, what happened? Why'd the mayor suddenly flee D.C. and return to New York? Well, mm, turns out, 
that the 25-year-old that he'd given the job of campaign finance chair to for his 2001 mayoral campaign had been raided by the FBI in a probe of efforts the, Tur the Turkish government appears to have made to purchase influence with the mayor through campaign donations. It is, of course, illegal to knowingly take campaign donations from a foreign government. And I'm not sure what the legal term is for someone who is an American elected official who acts on behalf of a foreign flag. But I think, at least in the common parlance, the word traitor could possibly be applied. <clears throat> Whatever. I tend to think of the employees of the FBI the way I think of every employee of every job. They like being inside and warm and would rather talk about who's been flirting with whom in the office rather than putting on a lot of equipment and typing up a lot of paperwork and going out to deal with an angry stranger in their home. You know, point being, they're not going to go through that hassle if they haven't decided there's a pretty good reason. You know, though, I'll note that if you study the history of the FBI, their ideas of a, of a good reason and... Uh, what people who aren't racist homophobes might think of as a good reason have been historically divergent at times. Um, anyway, at this point, you know, I, I'd, I'd written several episodes and, and recorded a, a few of them. So I started writing and recording a little faster. And the next day, I think, time's gotten a little hazy at Stuff Stuff Cast Cast HQ, it came out that the NP NYPD had paid a visit to the subject of the raid the night before it happened, which they called a wellness check, and most other people took as a, you may want to start flushing anything down the toilet with the mayor's name on it check, but it's definitely unusual and uh, not how things are supposed to go, and I generally assume whatever the goal, unlikely to accomplish that goal. Probably the exact opposite. So, you know, me writing faster with more alarm. On Friday, so two days ago as I type this, the Times revealed that earlier that week, the FBI stopped Eric Adams on the street, took him into an SUV, presented a warrant, and relieved him of his phones and iPad. So it's Sunday, <laughs> and for the last 36 hours or so, I've been writing and recording and editing and drinking coffee and losing my mind. I've gotten all the episodes more or less together. I wish I felt like I had more time here. Some of the edits are a little rough. My radiator kept coming on. My voice blew out, which you'll hear in later episodes. I'm genuinely sorry that the audio is as rough as it is at times. But looking back, I think that this project has a lot of value for its initial concept. Looking at the Adams administration's failures through the lens of the podcast he was making for no listeners, as well as a way of examining which I'll do in an episode I record shortly, how we wound up here and what might happen next. A couple other quick things. I initially recorded an episode that was about the first episode of his podcast, or you know, more correctly about the fact that the first episode of his podcast was just clips of Adams' State of the City address. I think it's better just to go into the episode. So I made uh, the call today that I'm cutting that one, which means, delightfully, that in uh, episodes I've recorded where I refer to the number of episodes I've made, that number is just, you know, wrong. Um, oh, well. But I did discuss Adams's bio and mayoralty up to the point that he released episode one in that episode. So I'm just going to hit a few of the big points real quick right now. Adams, born, 1960, Brownsville, poor, house cleaner mother, 
Butcher father. Father struggled with alcoholism, moved to Queens when he was eight. He hustled as a squeegee boy and low-level criminal. He was beaten by the cops. He says this made him want to go into policing. Everything about his bio is self-reported, just FYI. Stumbled through high school, went to college at John Jay, diagnosed dyslexic, turns his grades around, gets a master's from Marist, becomes a cop, 22 years, founds an, founds an advocacy group, 100 blacks in law enforcement who care. The group seems to advocate mostly that young black men who are stopped by the police should be as polite and deferential as possible and suggests reading Bill Cosby's books. Runs for New York State Senate in 2006, serves till 2013, puts up a bunch of billboards in his district about the scourge of sagging pants, early supporter of marriage equality, vocal opponent of stop and frisk, elected Brooklyn Borough President in 2013, a more or less powerless position except for a megaphone, gets 90% of the vote. 2021, runs for mayor, platform, crime bad, COVID over, no such thing as climate change, never going to mention it. He wins, inaugurated January 1st, 2022. Eight days into his administration, 17 people, including eight children, are killed in a high-rise fire in the Bronx when a space heater malfunctions, and the self-closing doors fail to close. It's the deadliest fire in the city since 1980. That is also during the Omicron surge, which is around when he starts advocating that workers need to go back to the office. In April of 2022, while he is quarantining with COVID, a man shoots 10 people on the subway and then flees. He's at large for about 36 hours and is finally captured when he calls the tip line on himself. Adams responds to this by calling for metal detectors to be installed at the entrance to every subway station. And as a transit cop himself, he must have known this was impossible. He starts to raise a stink about the number of migrants coming to New York City and address it as if it was an emergency, but not a uh, reason to treat people with humanity. Uh, and, you know, though that's that's sort of the big stuff. Um, you may notice no signature programs advanced, like de Blasio's Vision Zero or Universal Pre-K or IDNYC, all of which were the first-year programs of a mayor who didn't ever seem like he really wanted to do the job. But Adams did make a podcast... And as long as it stays up, it will remain a record of roughly nine months in 2023 when the mayor wasn't, like, maybe about to get arrested. Of course, maybe he won't be. It's impossible to say what happens next. But I wanted to get all of these out as fast as I could, so whatever happens next, even if it's just making more pretty bad podcast episodes, I could be ready. <laughs> LOL. I just... As I was finished writing this, checked my alerts, and the Times has dropped a three-byline article stating that it has come to light that Adams, as part of this broader corruption investigation, is known to have, as soon as he won the race for mayor, but while still the Brooklyn Borough president, pressured the fire department to allow the Turkish consulate to occupy a new high-rise building in Manhattan— despite the FDNY having significant unresolved concerns with the building's safety, and despite Adams having a job with the word Brooklyn in it, not Manhattan. You know, I'm sure that's the last we'll hear about it. Let us, as the kids say, fucking go. If you like this, or you thought it was interesting and you want to hear more, 
best way to make sure you do so is to hit subscribe on whatever podcatcher app you're using to hear my voice right now. The best way to let other people know about this podcast is to tell a friend or an enemy about it. I personally refuse to believe that, you know, giving it stars or a review um, does anything. Uh, and ex- except take up moments of your life that you could be telling a friend or, you know, being kind to a small animal. I mentioned the FAQ podcast. You should check it out. It's part of The City, a local outlet whose reporting I lean on heavily for this podcast. You should also check out Hellgate, another great local news institution. Both are in the show notes and well worth your support. Transcripts of this show are available at stuffstuffcastcast.wixsite.com slash stufftranscripts. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at stuffstuffcastcast at gmail.com. And I'd like to thank my friend John Coyne for all his help here. He was especially helpful after I'd already recorded a few of these. So unfortunately, he's not credited in the first several, but he's been a huge help here throughout this entire process. So thank you, John. And I'll see you next time.